I'm just going to read you a quick story out of this book. Bear in mind, it's page 11. I didn't get very far in this book. Uh, it's If You Want to Walk in Water, You've Got to Get Out of the Boat by John Ortberg. Let me just read this to you. Uh, background. This guy uh, and his wife and another couple have just jumped into a hot air balloon. It's the first time they've been in one. They're about to go on this journey, and this is where we come in. I've always thought those baskets were about chest height, but this one only came up to our knees. One good lurch would have been enough to throw someone over the side. I held on with green determination and white knuckles. I looked over at my wife, who does not care for heights at all, and relaxed a bit, knowing there was someone in the basket more tense than I was. <laughs> I decided I'd get to know the kid who was flying this balloon. I realized I could try and psych myself up into believing everything would be fine, but the truth was we had placed our lives and destinies uh, into the hands of the pilot. pilot. Everything depended on his character and his competence. I asked him what he did for a living and how he got started flying hot air balloons. I was hoping for his former job to be one full of responsibilities. A neurosurgeon, perhaps. An astronaut who missed going up into space. I knew we were in trouble when his response to me began like this. Dude, it's like this. He didn't even have a job. He mostly surfed. He said the reason he got started flying hot air balloons was that he had been driving around in his pickup and he had too much to drink, crashed the truck, and badly injured his brother. His brother still couldn't get around too well, so watching hot air balloons gave him something to do. By the way, he added, if things get a little bit choppy on the way down, don't be too surprised. I've never actually flown a partic this particular balloon before. <laughs> And I'm not sure how it's going to handle the descent. My wife looked at me. You mean to tell me we're a thousand feet up in the air with an unemployed surfer who started flying hot air balloons because he got drunk, crashed a pickup, injured his brother, and has never been in this one before and doesn't know how to bring it down? The wife of the other couple looked over at me and spoke. The only words either of them spoke throughout the entire flight. You're a pastor. Do something! <laughs> so I took an offering. <laughs> Excellent. Today I am talking on faith. Uh, and I'm not talking about just believing in God. What I'm talking about is uh, putting our trust and dependency in God in all situations, especially times where it's tough. Very similar to this book, a lot of it comes down to his character and the competence of the one we put our faith into. And so unlike the pilot who seemed to have neither of those, we can trust God. As we look through the Bible, we can see that in his character, he is willing to help us. We can see throughout history and throughout each other's testimonies that in his competence, he is able to help us. And so today, as I, I kind of open up the word, I just want to show that. And what I'm going to start by doing is looking in Mark 9. If you've got your Bibles, turn to that. And it's basically an encounter between a, a Jesus and this guy who... He's going for a really tough situation, just so we can see what even a small amount of faith in Jesus can accomplish. Mark 9, starting at verse 14, it's going to go up on the screen, but if you don't have a Bible, you can grab one from the welcome desk, we give them away for free, or you can get a fancy one upstairs if you want to buy one. Uh, verse 14, Mark 9, when they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them, and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about? He asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son 
who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, uh, whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes at his teeth. He becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, said Jesus. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground, rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was run into the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said. I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet. And he stood up. Let me just pray. Father God, we just uh, we thank you that your word is alive and living. And Lord, I just love in, in Romans 10 where it says that faith comes through hearing. And I pray that today as we, uh, as we just delve into your word and as we, as we just ask questions of it, and as we go on that journey with you, Lord God, I pray that you would just increase our faith, wherever it may be, whether it's non-existent, whether it's tiny, or whether it's on that journey of growth. Lord, wherever it is, I pray that you would increase it. Lord, remain with us today as we do this. In your name, Jesus. Amen. We can all identify with those situations about, um, I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to take us through a few points. I'm going to take us through what our faith looks like. So let's start there. Do you know what? Faith in itself is a really, is a kind of funny thing. It's a bizarre thing. Um, years and years ago, I was talking to uh, a boss of mine, and he said, well, I don't really have faith in God, per se. I kind of have faith in whatever I'm doing or, or using at the time. And so he picked up a pen, and he said, do you know what? I have faith that this will work when I use it. Even as a non-Christian, I thought that was the dumbest thing anyone had ever said. Because I've used loads of pens that didn't work, and I just wasn't sure if I could handle that much disappointment in life. (laughs) But the truth is, most of us have ended up in that trap. We, We kind of convince ourselves that we're in control, But over time, we come to put our trust in things like money, in careers, in relationships. They kind of promise happiness. They promise fulfillment. They promise the world. But yet, it doesn't take us long until we realize that it's never going to meet up to those promises. It's never going to deliver. If you're someone who kind of thinks about money and it kind of puts your trust into that, you're the kind of person that sits there over and over again and says, you know what, if I won the lottery, if I won the lottery, first of all, I tithe, obviously. 
Um, but then, then I'll pay off all my debts, and I'll pay off everyone else's debts, and then I'll be happy. It'll be brilliant. Maybe you're someone who uh, puts trust in careers, and you know, I've, I've prayed with a lot of you about that perfect job that you've seen. For weeks, for months, we've sat down, we've prayed, and we've kind of gone through it and been like, wow, do you know, it's going to be amazing if we got this job, and there's, there's like 200 candidates, and I'm down to the last 10, and last three, last one, I'm, I've made it, hallelujah, God's good. And two weeks later, I'm talking to you and asking you how it's going, and you're like, I want to quit. I hate this job. <laughs> or maybe you're someone who puts your trust in like relationships. If only I had the perfect man or perfect woman. How amazing would that be? I'd be so content. But as it turns out, I'm not the perfect man that Tara thought I was going to be. <laughs> it's no matter how much faith we put into something, no matter how much faith we put into something, it never really comes through. Now, we don't know the story behind this guy. We don't know what kind of situation, but being human and being similar to us, I'd imagine, he's tried so many different things. And nothing seems to be healing his son. And now, out of desperation more than anything, he's probably kind of come to Jesus, hoping that Jesus is going to be able to do something. Just go back to verse 20 to 22. So they brought him. When this, that's the son. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. We can all identify with that if. We've all been if people in prayer at some point. If you could, God. If you're willing, if you're able, if you're real. We've all been there. We've all prayed that prayer. It's that kind of place where we desperately need something to happen. We desperately need something to happen. But yet we don't know if God's really going to come through. And it's the same story of this father. He desperately needs God to do something. But he's not entirely sure if it's going to come through. But yet God kind of takes his request and turns it around. And in his response he says, never mind about the if. Everything is possible for one who believes. Everything is possible for one who believes. Now, immediately, this guy is faced with a decision. You've got to just take yourself there right now. You've got to picture the boy on the floor, convulsing, foaming at the mouth, rolling around. Now, the father's seen him do this many times, and he said he's almost killed himself doing this. Near the fire, near water, everything, over and over again, he's just rolling around. It's like cutting himself on the floor. This is a dangerous and desperate moment. And yet Jesus is saying, if you can, everything is possible if you trust me. For what though, for those who believe. He's faced with a decision. Does he, as he always does, jump in right now and just save the boy? Take control of the situation? 
And in that place, does he can take control of the situation and, and just avert another disaster? Or does he surrender it to Jesus? Does he surrender it and just hope more than anything that Jesus will take over? Do you know, in this story, it says immediately. Immediately, that is without any hesitation. The boy's father knows all of the things he's been trying to do. None of them seems to have worked. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed. This is like a a tear-filled shriek. God! I do believe. Help me with my unbelief. That word unbelief basically means an active disbelief. If we were to paraphrase this, this basically goes, God, I desperately want to believe that you can do something. I desperately want to believe that you can take control. But I don't think you will. I don't know if you will. Help me with my doubts. You know, in this place, this may not be the man's finest moment. He may not look back at this story and this life situation and think, wow, you know, that moment I was like the man of faith. I stepped in and I was unshakable. But you know, even with that small step of faith, Jesus comes and meets him where he is. He takes, Jesus takes control of the situation and heals the son. Do you know, at the essence of faith, and we're looking at our faith at the moment, at the essence of faith is, do we trust what God says? Do we trust what God promises? Do you know, it's not about the amount of trust and the amount of faith we put into things. It's it's actually where it's placed. In Matthew's account of this story, it says, um, a faith as small as a mustard seed, faith as small as a mustard seed, if you have that, then nothing is impossible for God. It's not about the strength or the amount of our faith. It's where we place it. So moving on to the next point, let's look at where we place our faith. Do you know, faith is uh, our trusting in God that he would come through with his promises. God's faithfulness is God actually coming through with his promises. Now, one of my favorite passages in the Bible, one of my favorite passages is in Mark 1, where a leper, a guy of leprosy comes to Jesus and says, if you are willing, make me whole, make me clean. If you are willing, make me clean. I love Jesus' response to this. I love just the simplicity and the beauty of his response. He says, I am willing be clean. And at that point, he heals the man. Now, if we return to the hot air balloon story where we think of this character and this competence, when we look at Jesus, we see that in his character, he is willing to help us. And in his competence, he is able to help us. I would absolutely love to go through the whole Bible and just kind of show all these promises that God is willing and able to deliver on if we trust him. But I'm getting married in a few weeks, and I'm fairly sure Tara wants me at the wedding, so I won't be able to 
Yeah? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I won't be able to stay here and do that. Sorry, guys. Um, so it's all, it all comes down to this. And it all comes down to promises. And do you know what? If you want to get an idea of all those promises, the best thing we can do is just pick up the Bible and just look at that. As we read through it, we not only see where God is willing and where God makes promises, but we also see where he comes through for them as well. Uh, as I said, I haven't got time to run through the whole Bible, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to take just one passage in, uh, in Luke. Now, this is Luke 4.18. Now, this is basically where Jesus has come, uh, he's come as a man. He's just about to begin his ministry, and he just makes this one statement. And then this is four things, and this is basically what he's come to do. He says that he's come to, uh, he's come to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and set the oppressed free. Let's just take each one of those really quick, really punchy, um, and then we'll see where we go with that. So proclaim good news to the poor. To be poor is basically to lack something. So whether it's comfort, whether it's peace, whether it's ability, whether it's uh, strength, whether it's hope, or whether it's faith. Whatever you're lacking, God not only promises that he is willing willing to meet that need, to be our provider. But also, as we look at this man, and we, we see this man come to Jesus and say, I am lacking in faith. I am lacking in faith. I need you to come through for me, God. God doesn't just say, well, yeah, I can see your amount of faith. And to be honest, it's not really enough. You're going to have to come back when you've got more faith. Fortunately, Jesus doesn't say that. Actually, he just says, Everything is possible for one who believes. He takes that small bit of faith and meets it. God is willing and able to be our provider. The second one, proclaim freedom uh, for prisoners. Do you know, for anyone who's uh, held captive by sin or by chains, with anyone who's held captive by addictions, God is willing to set us free from that. And we look through the Bible and we see uh, loads of stories. We look at uh, God's people trapped in Egypt. We see them trapped in Babylon. Uh, we, see them, uh, we see people in chains and in sin. And over and over and over and over again, God is not just willing to free them. He's able to free them. He takes them and parts the Red Sea and makes a way for the people to leave um, Egypt. He raises up people and sets them free from Babylon. Over and over again, he releases them from captive to chains, to uh, addictions, and to sin. Say so the third one, uh, recovery of sight for the blind. I love this one. For any one of us who's hurting, whether it be physically, and we always offer prayer at the end of the service for things that are physically, uh, physically hurting, should we say. For anyone who's emotionally hurting, for anyone who's spiritually hurting, God says, God doesn't just say he's willing to heal us. God says he's able to hear us and heal us. And again, as we look through the Bible, we see that the, the blind saw, the lame could walk, the deaf could hear, and the dead were raised. Jesus isn't just willing to heal us, he's able to heal us. And finally, set the oppressed free. Do you know, so many of us are, are kind of tormented and oppressed by things like fear and by guilt and by sin. Each and every day, they're just kind of holding on to us and just really just eating inside of us. Do you know, this is incredible. God wasn't just willing to forgive us 
and release us from that and set us free. He was able to send his only son to the cross to pay the price, to take on our burden and to die in our place. And you know what? He wasn't just willing to die for us all of it also. He was willing to live for us. And three days later, he rose from the dead. And he was able to make the promise that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And through the Holy Spirit, he was able to deliver on that promise. I mean, that is incredible. So often, we kind of, we, we kind of take a step back and we look at God and we think, God, yeah. Do you know, maybe you're, maybe you're like awesome, almighty God. And you could do anything. You could part the Red Sea. You could, you could move mountains. You can do this, that, and the other. But I don't think you're willing to do that for me. Maybe you're on the other side. Maybe you just kind of think, well, God's such a nice person. He's so good to me. He loves me. But, you know, maybe this situation's too big for God. You know, we serve an incredibly faithful God, a God who's willing and able to, to meet our need, to come through for us. And when, we, and when we kind of get an idea of that, when we grasp that, when we grasp that, and we take, as this man did in, in the story, when we take our mustard seed of faith and place it into the hands of a willing and able, faithful God, something incredible happens. I was just going to have a look at verse 26 and 27. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. Do you know, in so many situations, we can think that all is lost. When people are around us and saying, it's absolutely hopeless, I have no idea how you're going to get out of this situation. God is able and willing to come through. He is willing and able to come through. Do you know, as God takes this man's mustard seed of faith, and he meets it with his willingness and ability to heal and to provide and to meet his need, God comes through. And you know what? We serve the same God. He hasn't changed in 2,000 years. It's the same today as he was 2,000 years ago. And the incredible thing is that as we take our mustard seed of faith and place it into the hands of a willing and able God, as we can surrender that to him, as we can trust him, time and time again he comes through. I've got three quick testimonies. I think I have time. On each of these. So maybe you're someone here today who's kind of didn't realize until I, I kind of mentioned it earlier about the money, career, and relationships. I've got three quick testimonies, one on each. Um, the first one is a, is a guy called Sean, and Sean and Charlie, who come here today. It's their anniversary today. So if you're listening to the podcast, happy anniversary. <laughs> um, so the first one is Sean. He, uh, the, he's got this half scholarship that begins in September. So half of his fees are going to be paid for his uh, university course in September. And neither of them seem to have jobs over the summer, which is a bit of a shame. So they're really short on money. But amazing miracle of God. God gave him this job right at the beginning of the summer. And um, it, he kind of worked it out. And it turned out to be just enough money to get them through the summer. 
But then God, in his kind of incredible sense of humor, said, hey, Sean, do you remember you were going to tithe on that? <laughs> and so Sean was like, uh, I don't know, um, maybe. <laughs> and he, I don't know the whole story, but let's just say, on Sunday he came, last Sunday I think it was, he came and he put that tithe in the basket. You know, he, he kind of took that Malachi promise of when we tithe, God blesses us. And did that totally by faith. Surrendered that to God. Do you know the very next day when he got home, when he got home, uh, and he opened up the mail, inside there was a letter from the university that said, we've decided to upgrade your half scholarship to a full scholarship. How amazing is that? So that's money. So let's talk about uh, careers. I've got this friend called Juliet who works in a law firm, and um, she, uh, through everything that's going on, she was suddenly told she's going to have to be made redundant. And so she, she actually said in her own words, she's, her world crumbled apart because she had put everything she had into work, absolutely everything. So when they were saying you were going to be made redundant, she had no idea what she was going to do. First thing she did was pick up the Bible. She prayed. She got people around her. She just desperately called out to God. And in doing that, God just made one clear promise. As she read over and over in the Bible, I will provide. God will be her provider. Somehow, through faith, she managed to just put that mustard seed of faith in his hands. And she went back to work, and she just decided she was just going to work as if nothing, you know, as if God was in control. So she did that. Two weeks later, she had a two-week notice period. At the end of the two weeks, they said, "Uh, you know what, actually, we're going to extend your notice period to five weeks. At the end of the five-week period, they, they sat her down, and they said, Julia, we do not understand. We have never seen anyone work like you during their redundancy. So we've decided we're going to revoke your redundancy and keep you on. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? One final testimony, and this is for me. You know, for years, I chased after relationships. For years, I went from one relationship to the other and messed it up. And one Christmas, I just sat down with God. I wept and I prayed and I said, God, I'm screwing my life up. <laughs> and God said, surrender it to me. And so I just surrendered. I put it into God's hands. Do you know, shortly after that, it was amazing. I met Tara. Well, I chased Tara, actually. But anyway, <laughs> um, pursued her. <laughs> Wore her down. Anyway, do you know, in three weeks' time, we're getting married. When our faith, when our trust and belief in God's promises is placed into the hands of a willing and able God, our faith meets God's faithfulness. Our faith meets God's faithfulness. We're done really early, but I'm going to ask the band back up. And I've just got one other comment to make as they make their way up. Maybe you're someone who's been a Christian for a while. You've had that mustard seed of faith. You've had that incredible time with God. It's been a ball. It's been amazing. But right now, you're going through this situation where nothing seems to be happening. God just doesn't seem to be answering your prayers, answering your requests. Do you know, when God said, if you have a mustard seed of faith, 
Nothing is impossible. What he was saying was not, actually, guys, all you need is a mustard seed of faith. All he was saying is, you have, you, if you start with a mustard seed of faith, and you plant that in me, you root that in me, I will grow that to the point where it will move mountains. And so if that's you, if you're sitting there and you're like, well, I have a mustard seed of faith, nothing seems to be working, keep it rooted in Jesus. Water it, read the word, pray, ask God to take it and grow it to the size where it moves mountains. If you guys want to stand... Let me just pray. And as always, we want to offer an opportunity to respond to this. And the great thing about finishing early is you've got time to respond. So let me pray first of all. Bow our heads, guys. Father, we thank you that your word is true. We thank you that you are a willing and able God. Father, we thank you that we can just start with a mustard seed of faith, the smallest seed, a mustard seed of faith, and you, Lord, will grow that to the point where it will meet, where it will move mountains. So, Father, we pray today that if we came here and we're, we're at that if stage, Father, that you would, that you would reveal yourself, Lord, Father, you would take that if and turn it into a promise. Father, if we're at the stage where we're like, I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. I pray that you would take that, grow that, and just, as always, Lord, show yourself faithful. And if we're someone who puts our trust in money and careers and in relationships, Lord, would you, would you meet us where we are? Would you grow that? Guys, I'm just going to ask something brave, and this is partly the faith thing. If you're at one of those stages, if you feel like God's been speaking to you, it's not necessarily my words, but God's been speaking to you, just raise your hands where you are. Hands going up all over the place. I don't want to miss an opportunity, guys. And we have the time, as I said, to do this. And so if you're someone who just needs God to come through, I just want to ask you, and I haven't prepared this at all, but I want to ask you just to take a step of faith forward and just come down the front. I'm sorry I haven't prepared any of the team for this, but where you are, just ask the person next to you, just, you know, just, sorry, if you mind if I squeeze past. Just come and take a step forward. Just take a step forward now. If you're upstairs, we'll wait for you. Just come forward. I'm really sorry, Linda. We haven't given you any notice. I didn't know we were going to do this, but if there's a ministry team and, and you're willing to respond and we're willing to pray, just, just come and stand near the floor. We would not pray for anyone just yet. Thank you, Jesus.
If you guys just want to, where you're at the front, if you just want to take a step forward and spread out, there's people in the aisles that just need to get through. The great thing about God is no matter what we do, He's still here. If this is your first time, and this is your first time you've come forward and responded, just put your hands out in front of you. And just say, Lord, would you take my mustard seed of faith? This ministry team, just hold back until I say. Let's just let God just move. And again, just keep on making um, space for the people down the aisles. Just more, Lord God, more of you. More Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we so thank you for this step of faith. We so thank you that that you are faithful. That you are willing, that you are able. And as we take our faith, you meet it with your faithfulness. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, God. It's more of you. More of you, Jesus. More of you. Just one more moment. Just let God speak. More of you, Lord.